The Lord is leading me to a series of end-time events, and I want to start that today. Uh, Pray with me as we go, and uh, let's see where the Lord takes us. As we know, this is the end times. We don't know when the day is that the Lord is coming, but we know, as the Bible say, that the world would wax worse, and here we are. Uh, Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, uh diseases, what have you. So let's let's go with this and see where God takes us. End time events, part one. The times today are quite weird, and we have no idea what tomorrow holds. So we simply have to live one day at a time. Now, this is the same problem that the Thessalonians were having. Uh, They were restless, and they were troubled, and they were suffering various persecutions while at the same time wondering, Lord, when are you coming back? I mean, come on, Lord, this is is bad. When are you coming? And it was frustrating, and it was depressing, and they they just wondered and wondered. And when you're going through something, uh, without you knowing it, your attitude it can change. It can get raunchy. I mean, and you don't even know that this thing has affected you so until your attitude has gone down in the depths. And despite your troubles, we still have to try to be warm and fuzzy, as difficult as that may be. All of us, we have to do that. And if you know for a fact that you have offended someone, apologize today because tomorrow is not promised. Why keep holding this thing? That may be what's affecting you and your attitude. We have to keep loving and forgiving one another until Christ actually comes back for us. You know, folks all around us are passing away of various things. I mean, you name it. Uh, right now, the main thing is COVID up into the two hundred and forty thousands. But I mean, cancer hasn't taken a break, and 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 so many other things, uh, car wrecks, and 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 what have you. I mean, there's a lot of things killing folk. Death is there, and we don't know when our name is going to be called next. As hard as it may be, uh, we must refrain from being bitter. We must refrain from being resentful. And we have to refrain from being sarcastic or or for that matter, even critical of other brethren. Those of us who are in Christ, we don't need to criticize and jump on one another. We need to lift each other up and encourage one another, especially in times like these. These are the end times. Uh, God has poured out his love on us. And so because of that, we must do the same for others. Now, yes, there are some people who are just hard to love, even in our own family. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, They just are seemingly unlovable. I get that. We've been lied to. We've been taken advantage of and even talked about uh, by our own family. But we must keep charging ahead. Are we justified to really dislike them? Of course we are. 
you bet your bottom dollar. But could we forgive them and pray for them? Yes, yes, we can do that. We, we must do that. Our end is already settled. We know where we're going. As far as they, we don't know. Theirs is not. Now, they might think it is, but the way they're acting and the way they're living and the way they're walking and the way they're talking and the way they're giving, their end is not settled, despite what they may think. Because you are what you act. So if that's all you're giving out, maybe that's what you really are. You see, they, they are actually victims, if you please, uh, in need of sympathy and help. So let's draw on the grace that God has given us and pray for them out of love, out of the love, the same love that God gave to us through Christ. Now, this is what Paul told the Thessalonians to do. And so this is what I'm recommending that we all do. While we are waiting for our change, which we don't know when that's going to happen, we are to stay busy. We don't be selling a house, selling our cars like we know the date and the time. No man knows the day or the hour. Keep on laboring. Don't get fanatic. Stop working thinking you know the date or the time that Christ is coming. No one knows. And anybody who does, you run from them as fast as you can. And this is the problem some of the Thessalonians had. They thought it was the end, so they went to a certain spot, and they waited for Christ, just like today, kooks today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, due to how much the church was set up then, or how it was set up then, others were still working, and sharing with the apostles to help those in need. And these people put themselves in a position where they were in need by choice because they stopped working thinking Christ was coming, so what's the point of work? So those who stopped working became a burden or a hindrance to the benevolent church. huh? And this is the problem some of the Thessalonians had. True faith in Christ or in the rapture and the second coming of Christ does not produce fanaticism. And I'm going to say that again. True faith in Christ or in the rapture and the second coming of Christ, two different things. And we'll get into that later. It does not produce fanaticism. So if you got fanaticism, you don't have the real rapture that people are talking about. You don't have the real second coming of Christ that the Bible speaks of. It does not encourage people to abandon everything to wait for Jesus coming. That is not what the Bible says, by no means, by no stretch of the imagination. Luke 19, 11 13. This is a story about investment. And while we had their attention and because they were getting close to Jerusalem, by this time, an expectation was building that God's kingdom would appear any minute. You see, we're not the first ones to go through this. They went through this back in biblical days. That was over 2,000 years ago. And he told his sto this story. This is 12 and 13 now. There was once a man descended from a royal house who needed to make a long trip back to headquarters to get authorization for his rule and then return. But first, 
he called his ten servants together, gave each of them a sum of money, and instructed them, operate with this until I return, or occupy until I come. Now Mark said the disciples asked him, what day and hour will you return? And Jesus replied, I do not know. You go back and read it for yourself. Now, doomsday receivers uh, are deceivers. This is, this is how folk like to add into the scripture where they shouldn't. It says, as he walked away from the temple, one of the disciples said, teacher, look at that stonework, those buildings. And Jesus said, you're impressed by this grandiose architecture. There's not a stone in the whole works that is going to end up, that is not going to end up, rather, in a heap of rubble. And later, in verse 3 and 4, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives in full view of the temple, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew got him off by himself and asked, can you, can you just tell us? When is this going to happen? What sign will we get that things are coming to a head? This is right there in the Bible. And verse 5, Jesus began, watch out for the doomsday deceivers. Yeah, many leaders are going to show up with forged identities claiming I'm the one. Wow, right there in the Bible. And it's happening already. They will deceive a lot of people. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, keep your head and do not panic. This is routine history and no sign of the end. Wow. Nation will fight against nation. Ruler will fight against ruler over and over and over. Wow. Earthquakes will occur in various places. There will be famines, but these are nothing compared to what is coming. Verse 9, and watch out. They're going to drag you into court, and then it will go from bad to worse. Dog eat dog. Everyone at your throat because you carry my name. Simply because you're called a Christian. You're placed there as sentinels to truth. The message has to be preached all across the world. When they bring you betrayed into court, don't worry about what you'll say. When the time comes, just say what's on your heart. And the Holy Spirit will make his witness in and through you. Verse 12, it's going to be brother killing brother, father killing child, children killing parents. There's no telling who will hate you simply because of me. But you stay with it. Stay the course. That is what is required. Stay with it until the end. And you will not be sorry. In fact, you'll be saved. Verse 21, no one knows the day 
or the hour. If anyone tries to flag you down, calling out, here's the Messiah, here's the Messiah, or points, there he is, there he is, don't, don't fall for that. Don't you dare fall for that, 22. Fake messiahs and lying preachers. All these lying preachers, apostles, and everything they making up with these names and bishops and all this other nonsense, they're going to pop up everywhere. And their impressive credentials and dazzling performances will pull the wool over the eyes of even those who ought to know better. Wow. They will impress even the church folk. So watch out. I've given you fair warning. And then Matthew 24. That's the chapter right there. The preamble to the rapture, I like to call it. 36 through 44. But no one knows the date and the hour when the end will be. Not even the angels. No. Nor even God's son. Only the father knows. The world will be at ease. Oh, they'll be partying and having banquets and weddings. Just having a grand old time. Just as it was in Noah's time. Before the sudden coming of the flood. People wouldn't believe. Didn't want to hear it. Nah, we don't believe that stuff. Doing their own thing. Until the flood came. And then it took them all away. So shall my coming be. Two men shall be working together in the fields. One will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be going about their household tasks. One will be taken and the other left. So be prepared. 42. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Just as a man can't prevent trouble from thieves by keeping watch for them, so you can avoid trouble by always being ready for my unannounced return. You see, the Christians in Thessalonians, and I hate to say this, but this is what the word says, they were making fools of themselves. Yeah, yeah. They were not sticking to the word of God. No, no, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, they weren't sticking to the word. Not according to Matthew 24, 1 through 14. You go back and read it. Same as Mark 13 that I mentioned earlier. See, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, 12 says, And to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders, so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Don't you give up your job talking about Jesus is coming? Huh? Don't you give up relationships talking about I'm going up on the mountain because Jesus is coming? Who told you that nonsense? It's okay to look forward to tomorrow, but let Jesus handle tomorrow. You live today. Huh? And the Thessalonians, they had clearly, clearly been expecting Jesus to return before any of them died. That, that, they believed that. They believed that. Where they got it from wasn't from the word, but that's what they believed. They, from the false teachers, I imagine. Huh? They missed the word. Matthew 25, 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. It's right in the word. Huh? 
And the Thessalonians, like many of us today, they were projecting the sequences of time into eternity. That's what they wanted, so they projected it, even though it wasn't what was written. And people do that all the time. They, they want something to be true, so they just speak it. They, they, and these preachers talking about, speak it into existence. Speak it by faith. <laughs> That's foolishness. Utter foolishness. And it's not in the word. Huh? A thousand years is as one day in eternity. That's what the word says. God's word is trying to teach us that time and eternity, listen, listen, are two different things. You can't make them be the same thing because you speak it into existence? Come on now. Stop being fooled by these preachers. Stop being gullible. Time has sequences. Past, present, and future. Listen, listen, listen. Stay with me now. Eternity has only one dimension. It is present now. That's right. And the Thessalonians struggled with this concept, just like many of you are right now. Time has consequences, or sequences, past, present, future. Eternity has one dimension. It's now. It doesn't end. It just goes on and on and on. And, and a lot of us can't grasp that concept. Paul had to explain to the Thessalonians about living and the dead. Huh? Because they start throwing that in there. The church, the believers in Christ, true Christians, 13 through 18, read it, will be translated. Huh? And, and I know uh, that this is obtruse. I understand that. In, in other words, difficult to understand, obscure. I get that. I, I know this is uh, pedantic. You know, uh, someone, you know, this is someone who's too concerned with literal accuracy or formality. It's a negative term that implies someone is showing off uh, book learning or trivia, especially in a tiresome way. Forget all of that. Let's get back to the word, the word of God. Huh? Never mind all those big words. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. This is Thessalonians, right there, 13 through 18. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. I'm going to say that again, 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. Don't worry about a brother or sister in Christ. Huh? They're already taken care of in God. Don't act like this week they're without hope. Your mother or father dies and they know Jesus. Don't worry about them. Worry about those folk who are living who don't know Jesus. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Right there in the word. And I'm going to get it deep into this so you grasp this before we leave here. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. 
with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, verse 17, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Did you see the rapture there in 1516? And then did you see the second coming in verse 17? And I'm not going to go over it again. You, you can read it with me as we go along. And then you can grasp it better because I got to keep moving. Now, the insight was coming. And Paul instructed, do not worry. The word of God is always good. Paul gave the Thessalonians the details of the rapture and the second coming. Huh? Right there in verse 16. And read it again and you'll see it as clear as day. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive will be called up to meet him. One is, is the rapture. The other is the second coming. And then Matthew 24, 27 through 30, second coming. Again, these are two separate events. Don't let these preachers who are not reading the word of God, who are not led by the spirit of the Lord, tell you it's all one and the same. It's two separate events according to the word of God. Either we believe it or we don't. Immediately after the persecution of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light and the stars will seem to fall from the heavens and the powers overshadowing the earth will be convulsed. And then at last, the signal of my coming will appear. Huh? And there will be deep mourning all around the earth. And the nations of the world will see me arrive in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That, my friend, is the second coming. That has nothing to do with the rapture. Old Testament prophet Daniel talked about the 70th week, the 7 0. And that's a week of years, seven years in duration. You have the tribulation, two and a half or three and a half years, and you have the great tree of the other three and a half years, seven years. God's people are already pulled out during the tribulation. That's the rapture. Huh? Already gone. Second coming is not till after that. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it confused. Don't be led astray by preachers who have no clue what they're talking about. Now, I got to stop here because this, this is, this is going to take some time. And I don't want to go too fast because I want you to catch on. What I, what I would like for you to do is to read this again before we go into part two. So you can be up and ready and we can roll together right along. God bless you. Uh, let, let's hear C.C. Winer now say, fill my cup. And, uh, and, and, and tell a friend, we need to get into this end time events because one of these great getting up mornings, that's what's going to happen. Father, we thank you now in the name of Jesus. 
We thank you for this message. We pray for understanding. And we just thank you for how clear it is. Let it resonate in our heart, in our mind, in our soul. Oh God, if any time we need you, it's right now. Be with us, give us strength, and lead us on as you see fit. One of these great getting up mornings, we're going to fly away and meet you in the great by and by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Faith Worth Finding Ministries, Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware.